This is the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Lara Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, integrative therapist, and spiritual social media strategist. I'm trying to integrate the principles of spiritual philosophy as I understand them into all those areas of my work and into my life trying to understand my position as a white woman devotee of yoga in the West, and simply trying to live with awareness. This podcast is me doing all that out loud. Welcome in. You're listening to episode 74. What's here? Good day. Good evening. Whenever you're listening, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Awareness Offerings podcast. Really glad you're here, glad I'm here. And before we get into our opening ritual to really be here as best we can, some housekeeping as usual. If you'd like to support the show, the best ways you can do so are by rating, subscribing, and or leaving a review on whatever platform you're using to listen. You can also share via word of mouth or social media, and all of the actions I just listed help other people find the show. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here. That is my favorite part of it all, is that you're here, you're listening, and I have the honored space to share what's coming up and know that it will be received. Though I try to share tools and practices and have this be helpful, it's a gift to me that I get to be received. So thank you. Now, here we go. Into our opening practice, we're going to sing the sound of OM one time. Om is the source sound. It is the sound from which all other sounds arise. So there's this sense of bigness and expansion and and source, right? The sense of connection. And singing Om can remind us of our connection to whatever is our source, to whatever makes us feel supported and held by something bigger than us, among many other things, right? Last week we talked about all the different definitions of Om. But Om in one way can be can be thought of as a connection to source, connection to support, connection to consciousness itself, because OM most fundamentally means consciousness. So let's go for it. You can join me in this practice by singing OM out loud. You can listen as a practice. You can vocalize whether you're going to use the sound of OM or not. And if you're coming along right now, you might get your body into any kind of comfortable, sustainable position for a moment. You might choose to close your eyes or choose a soft gaze by looking down toward your nose or the floor in front of you with unfocused eyes, just signaling to yourself that you're going to prioritize internal over external for just a moment. Then you might take a breath in through your nose if nostril breath is accessible right now. And a breath out, making some space. And then we'll inhale for one round of OM. Thank you for joining me in that practice. 
And before we go right into this week's discussion, I just want to say, typically when I'm queuing us up to Ohm and I get to the part where I invite you to close your eyes or soften your gaze, I flag that only do that if it's safe or comfortable. I didn't do that before. So obviously, like if you're listening to this in the car, I hope you did that with your eyes open. It's like a blanket statement. Only do it if it's safe and supportive and comfortable. And that goes for anything that we, any tools we talk about, any concepts we chew on, any practices I offer here right? Take what you need. It's up to you. And now for this week's discussion. So the question, really it's a question. This, dis- this week's discussion is centered around a self-inquiry question as a tool for awareness. And the question is, what's here? What's here? What is here? And the reason I'm sharing that right now is that's what I have arrived at personally in my process and practice right now as pretty non-negotiable, as a pretty essential kind of mindset tool and support as I deal with some pretty difficult emotions. Just in, in the flow of life and right now, it's not easy. And sometimes it feels amazing, sometimes it's hard. I'm in a harder space right this second. And I have faith that it won't always feel like this, but as some incredible teachers have said, right now, it's like this. And so in order to be able to just be, (laughs) to be in the midst of these difficult emotions, the, the thing that's been coming up for me is to kindly ask myself what's here to offer curiosity to the the kind of rowdy emotions that I'm feeling. Because curiosity, as you might have heard me say before on the show, is open, right? It leaves a lot of room for whatever it is we might be experiencing. And curiosity and and these questions and self-inquiry can also generate a sense of compassion. If I want to know what I or someone else is experiencing, that usually implies I'm invested in being with that experience, whether it's for myself or someone else. And so just that curiosity can open space and compassion. And so I have found that I really need that for myself right now as I experience some difficult emotions. So the question that has come up as a tool and as a consciousness practice, which is you know the type of practice I'm invested in trying to live my life with for better or worse, um, failing, succeeding, and anywhere in between <laughs> the practice right now is what's here? What's here? And of course, I'm going to offer that for all of us, and I'll say more about that. But right now, just to, you know, to, to be in this practice in an open, transparent way, when I say what's here, and I get curious and hopefully spacious and compassionate around the experience I'm having right now as I record this, it's probably going to be different by the time you listen to it. I might be somewhere else completely, but right now, what's coming up is, you know, anger. I feel anger. And I've learned a lot about anger from some amazing teachers. One of the most amazing spiritual teachers around conscious anger is Lama Rod Owens. Uh, Buddhist Lama is a graduate twice now of the yoga teacher training program at my spiritual home, Kashi Atlanta, best-selling author of Love and Rage, um, which is a book that deals with this particular topic. But in learning from teachers around anger... I have learned, and it's something that makes sense as I feel through it in an embodied way, that anger is typically a surface emotion. 
Doesn't mean it's not big or deep or real or valid even, right? But it's usually the outer packaging for something else underneath it. And as I felt through, as I had some time and space and really had no other choice but to have some time and space to feel my way through the anger that I've been experiencing today, that really rang true for me. Because if I really listened with that curiosity of you know, what's here, I could feel like if I asked myself, what, in what way am I feeling this? Where in my body perhaps? What kind of textures? What would I associate with this feeling of anger? What came up was like there's, there's fire, of course. Anger can be pretty hot um, and, and rapid and strong. And so there was a sense of fieriness. And if I, if I looked toward where, where do I feel this? It was in the center of my chest. There was this fire in the center of my chest, which is interesting because I've also felt fire in the center of my chest when I'm like feeling devoted and totally in love with the sacred. So it's like there's a very fine line between all of these big feelings. But this particular experience of anger, I felt as fire in my heart. And in following that path of curiosity, feeling my way into the heat in my heart, I could then acknowledge and recognize that, yep, Anger is the external package of this, but especially since I'm feeling this in my heart, what it's holding at the center is pain. I'm just hurt. I'm hurt and I'm sad and I'm scared and, you know, all of that is synonymous with just being in some pain, some emotional pain. And that all sort of, it it was helpful to me to hold all of that, all of that inquiry, kind of following the path, noticing what was at the center of it all. It was helpful to me to hold all of that in that curiosity of what's here. Because among other things, among the other ways I have already kind of framed this curious question, what it also does is imply that You know, I don't exactly have to change it. I don't have to make a whole bunch of meaning out of it. I don't have to um, shame myself for it. I don't have to like be happy about it, whatever you, you know, whatever, what have you. Um, What's here is just a call to, can I just offer awareness? No pun intended. I did not do that on purpose, but can I just offer awareness to what's here? So I've just been trying to offer awareness to what's here as I work you know, with some difficult emotion today. And if you might be in that same place where you're listening to this from a space of difficult emotion, not to say we all have to be having a hard time. I hope for all beings that there is bliss and joy, play and love, all the goodness. But it's not hard to imagine that you might be having a difficult time or that you could be while listening to this because life and the particular lifetime that we're all sharing together is fucking hard. So if you are also listening to this from a place of difficult emotion, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. My blessing and my hope is that maybe this reminder might help just, just remind you of curious and compassionate space around just like, what's here? What's here? And I've been working with this idea. It came up first as I teach or as I was teaching yoga, which the ideas that come to me often do because when I'm teaching yoga or meditation, I am, I think, the most tapped into the idea that 
my practices, my spiritual learning, these big, deep spiritual concepts I work with, they are not about me. They are not coming from me. I'm just sort of the, the radio, but the radio waves are sacred energy, just moving right through. Um, and so this first came up when I was teaching, but I've been sort of chewing on it in my personal practices ever since it came out of my mouth. And it's this idea of the self as a center point. Especially if I'm teaching a yoga class and it's the first couple minutes of the class and everyone has sat down and we've started to settle in and we're trying to arrive and settle and set some space to practice. As I guide that intentionally, what I've been offering is, you know, as we maybe close the eyes or soften the gaze, as we turn toward ourselves, maybe turn toward awareness of the breath, maybe turn toward what we feel and how we are right now, you know, what we're trying to do is establish the self as a center point. And as I've thought about that and expanded on this idea that I myself am center, right? Everything else that takes me off center, thoughts about the past, the future, things I have to do, um, you know, difficult situations I'm navigating, those actually are things outside of me. But me as a reality, my body, my breath, my moment, that is center. And, you know, you might hear teachers Uh, say, like, find your center. Anybody, you know, you might hear anybody say, find your center. And it might be very understandably kind of confusing, like, what does that mean? What is center? And I'm not saying I'm the only one with the answers or that this is the answer, but something I've been curious about is what if the self, just me, what if I am the center that I'm trying to find? So I've been working on that, and as I have been, I've expanded on that a little bit and just come to this, this ask or not really an ask, or just this, this hopeful awareness that if me, if myself, if the self is the center, maybe that's a place where like every single change is possible, but also there is nothing to do. Where all the transformation in the world is possible, right? When we're at the center, there's nothing but potential. Because the only thing we can do from center is take a breath in and out or, you know, go to the next place eventually. So center is a place of potential to me. So everything's possible there. But at the same time, center is a place of stillness, of restful awareness. And so there's nothing to do. We don't actually have to make the changes happen. We can just dance with all the possibilities, but also not hold ourselves to this wild standard of like, okay, if I'm noticing something I want to change, I have to do it right now. Ram Dass, incredible spiritual teacher, would say, you know, it's just by witnessing, just by cultivating the witness self, that things begin to change. And so I offer that in the context of this invitation and self-inquiry practice of what's here, just to hopefully invite even more like space and compassion and maybe ease that, you know, what's here is one access point, one way to invite ourselves to remember that here, that the self, that what we are experiencing in our field of experience is the center. And from that space, we can hold the space, the awareness, maybe the compassion around whatever is here, whatever we're experiencing, knowing that every change is possible. It's possible for this to shift. It's possible for our relationship to it to shift. And at the same time, there's nothing to do. From a place of center and simple noticing, 
which can be a starting point, right? We can and a lot of times should take action from there. Uh, Action is necessary, not just stillness, right? The Bhagavad Gita says yoga is skill in action. But at the same time, right in that moment, when we're just trying to hold the awareness, there's nothing else to do. We are not responsible for making the change immediately, and that might reduce like stress or shame. So I'm just, I'm just dancing, just working as I am trying my best, doing it really messily and really imperfectly. The folks in my life can tell you that, <laughs> but trying my best to use my difficult emotions as a teacher. I'm just dancing with this idea of, you know, what's here? What is here? Can I draw myself to myself as the center point and open into space and compassion and awareness with the curiosity around what I'm experiencing and do that knowing that it's all possible from here and I don't have to do anything right now. That's the idea this week. My hope is that that is spacious and affirming for you in some way. And let's see if we can find that spaciousness in an embodied way by putting it into practice. in this awareness offerings podcast where we shift from discussion toward meditation thinking about it talking about it into being about it into embodiment so this is where i'll invite you into any kind of comfortable seated position to do some contemplative practice if you're not in a position to sit and be still for a moment great place to pause and come back when you are if you're coming along right now as always a comfortable seat is any seat at all as long as you can find some space in your spine your center the center line of your body the midline the central pathway of energy through the body central home of the nervous system it's a center so finding some space there positioning your arms and legs in any form or fashion to find that for yourself you could be sitting cross-legged on the ground i would recommend putting something some kind of padding under your hips if you do that kind of classical meditation seat you could be on your bed or in a chair your back to the wall on your couch You could have your legs extended, knees bent, um, support under your knees, right? It's, It's all fair, just space at the center for you. And when you find that, you might settle in by closing your eyes. You might not. You could choose a soft gaze instead, looking toward your nose or the floor with unfocused eyes. Anything that signals to you that now is a moment where you're gonna turn a little more internal than external beginning to turn toward yourself, remember yourself, and arrive in yourself as a center point. You could use awareness of breath to assist that. No change is needed to the breath if you're going to do it. Just beginning to follow the arc of your breath as it is to the best of your ability. Just noticing the current rhythm of inhalation, expansion, exhalation, contraction. That can be centering because it's happening within you right now.
And here you begin to start to draw back all the threads of your attention, awareness, and energy that get drawn out in so many different directions throughout the day and in your life, very understandably. But by turning toward yourself and maybe your breath, you pull them back in toward you, toward center. Just cultivating a sense of you as the center of the moment that you're in. Not the center of the universe, but you and the experiences you're feeling as a center point of presence to land in. And arriving at center, perhaps you do so with the affirmation, whether it comes from you or from just hearing me say it, that from center, from you as the center point, every change is possible and there's nothing to do right now. from your centered space facilitating arrival within yourself maybe you begin to ask yourself the conscious self-inquiry question what's here what's here Knowing that the answer is entirely up to you and to what arises within your field of experience. And there's nothing you have to do about it. Just opening that curious, spacious, perhaps compassionate and aware place where you are intentionally trying to notice what is, you know, what's the emotional makeup of you right now? What's here? There doesn't even have to be an answer, but the curiosity itself is the agent of space and compassion. Just breathing it in, what's here? And breathing it out, what is here? And breathing it in, what's here? And breathing out, what is here? What is here? It's open enough to ask. What is here? 
then you begin to make note of whatever arose, whatever bubbled up in your field of experience just by coming to you as the center and then asking, what's here? Knowing that even now you don't have to change it or do anything about it, just of holding it as a point of awareness, knowing that it is awareness itself that might start to offer a space and transformation around whatever it is. And in the name of that kind of space, we close with three sighing breaths to settle the nervous system and keep creating whatever space we can. So you might join me breathing in through the nose. Sigh it out like... Maybe twice more. And one. And from that place to starting a transition, Maybe beginning to blink your eyes open, no rush, no force needed. You don't have to jump immediately into the next state of being. You kind of get to take what you generated here and flow with it into whatever might be next. Maybe you move around in your body a little bit, just doing whatever you need to do to return a little bit to the external in your senses, but knowing that internal awareness is yours. You generated it, you remembered that for yourself, and you get to keep it. Not to hold too tightly, though, because as we are human, we, we dance in and out of the awareness. So you don't have to grab it, but you do get to know that it is yours. So my hope, and again, my blessing here is just that hopefully with whatever is a part of your field of experience right now, not that it has to change, not that you have to know exactly what it means or what to do with it, but maybe you have a little more compassionate space around whatever is here. Thank you for listening to this awareness offering. The awareness offerings podcast is created, edited, and produced by me, Lara Tara Davy Joplin. My music is by my brother, Oxella, O-X-E-L-A, who can be found on Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, and beyond. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Lara two underscores Tara. Talk to you next time.